creates a clear and concise rose. Let me park here real, real quick, family. You know, I was listening to Eric Thomas. He's one of my favorite uh, personal development coach, uh, men, I mean, motivators, uh, all of the above. And what I loved is when he said something about goals and when he, we, he referenced the whole aspect of, you know, when, when people are creating goals, uh, they're not creating clarity in their goals. And that's the whole point. I, I segue to back to where this topic here, where we're talking about resource allocation. When you have a clear uh, responsibility as far as who's going to be doing what, when it's crystal clear, you're not all over the place trying to guess uh, who's supposed to be doing this and why they're not working on this. And you're getting frustrated because of the expectations you had because you thought this resource was supposed to be working on it. So family, when you're working through building out your project plan, creating clarity, and you're not going to get it right every time because sometimes someone may leave the organization or that particular department and they have new resources that come in and the new resources are just trying to get up to speed. So don't be, I don't want you to beat yourself up as a project manager and think, oh my God, I, I'm so tired of not getting, it's not about getting it right. It's, it's about getting as close as you can when you're trying to allocate your resources. Welcome back family. This is your boy D for all you smarter and intelligent folks out there. Listen, that just simply means, it. hey, I got another one for you. Let me ask you a quick question. Are you ready to embark on a path to project triumphant by creating a, me a meticulous project plan that really just basically sets the stage for your project success? If so, stay, stay tuned. Today's episode is entitled, What to Include in a Project Plan. Again, what to include in a project plan. Family, if you've been following along, which I hope you have, you will know that I always talk about the difference between project plan and project schedule. I'll probably have to do a full blown out video, um, but I want to emphasize the point of a project plan and project schedule. These are two different artifacts. Again, repeat, project plan and a project schedule are two different artifacts. So let's dive into, you know, if you're new to the channel, I have a seven point framework. I may throw in a bonus here and there, uh, depending on how the conversation goes. It's just you and I, let's get to work. First point, project objectives and scope. So what this does, when you have a project plan, you have your project objective and scope in there. And what this does, it clearly defines the project objectives, outcomes, and boundaries. Again, boundaries, ladies and gentlemen. You know, you remember when you had boundaries, like if I draw this line, don't come across this line, or you know, oh, I'm sorry, not that boundary. Well, boundaries, you know, the boundaries where basically you tell this person, hey, listen, um, I need 10 feet, you know, give me 50 feet, give me 25, I just need some, okay, I'm sorry, I'm taking it too far. But honestly, the outline, basically project objectives, objectives and scope, it really outlines a specific deliverables, timelines, any particular constraints that you may have, as well as it shapes the project scope. Let's go into number two, one of my favorite artifacts to leverage, WBS, what does that mean? WB, uh, work breakdown structure. Family, work breakdown structure, basically hierarchical um, look at the representations of the tasks that, that are organized. It defines the dependencies, as well as it allocates your resources effectively. And I will say this, as you guys know, if you heard, you've been following the channel, what you know is, is that every artifact, even though it's useful, that it can work doesn't apply to every project. Let me keep moving on. Point number three. Point number three is milestones and timelines. Why is this important to your project plan? 
Well, I mean, if you don't have a timeline of when you're going to get there, then how are you going to know when you've achieved it, achieved it once you did get there? Okay, that, that didn't work. How about this? If you don't have a time to be where you're supposed to be at and, you, and you're not showing up, what does that say? Okay, you, I don't like that one either. Okay, this is the last one, I promise, family. Milestones and timelines, the importance of having them is the whole point of creating a realistic approach to when are we going to finish this project? Listen, let me unpack it for you. It identifies a significant milestone that marks a key achievement throughout the project life cycle. It established realistic timelines for each milestone, as well as, again, my favorite and yours, it provides that roadmap for project progress, as well as it lets the stakeholders know, hey, when, when are we going to finish up with that particular uh, item? Resource allocation. Resource allocation is just not only human resource, it is also equipment and you can think of but resource allocation reason why this is important in your project plan is because it determines the necessary resources including personnel equipment materials that is required to be executed on the project successfully it also helps you when you get ready to assign responsibility it creates a clear and concise role let me park here real, real quick family you know i was listening to eric thomas he's one of my favorite uh personal development coach, uh, men, I mean, motivators, uh, all of the above. And what I loved is when he said something about goals and when he, we, he referenced the whole aspect of, you know, when, when people are creating goals, uh, they're not creating clarity in their goals. And that's the whole point. I, I segue to back to where this topic here, where we're talking about resource allocation. When you have a clear uh, responsibility as far as who's going to be doing what when it's crystal clear you're not all over the place trying to guess uh, who's supposed to be doing this and why they're not working on this and you're getting frustrated because of the expectations you have because you thought this resource was supposed to be working on it so family when you're working through building out your project plan creating clarity and you're not going to get it right every time because sometimes someone may leave the organization or that particular department and they have new resources that come in and the new resources are just trying to get up to speed so don't be i don't want you to beat yourself up as a project manager and think oh my god I, i'm so tired of not getting it's not about getting it right it's, it's about getting as close as you can when you're trying to allocate your resources next point is point number five risk risk management plan now listen I know a lot of people get nervous when you start identifying risks. There's sometimes a confusion when a risk is in place that is actually about to happen and it's just something you observe maybe even for previous projects or what you're seeing within your team. But let's unpack what, what a good risk management plan looks like. It anticipates, that's a key word, anticipates potential risk and develops strategies to mitigate them. It identifies risks, it assesses their impact and probability let me rewind that maybe i missed you i said it identifies risk assesses their impact and probability and it also outlines a this is another reason why i'm sounding these words out as i'm talking it out as it's coming to me i'm letting you know family that these are very important words to pay attention to the next very important word is proactive you see, it didn't say anything about reactive. It says proactive, proactive measures to minimize their occurrence or impact on the project. So let's let's put it all together without me slowing it down. 
What it does is a risk management plan allows you to identify risk, assess their impact or probability, and outline proactive measures to, to minimize their occurrence or impact uh, to the project. Point number six, my favorite. My, I mean, the... This is my favorite. Why is it my favorite, Ed? It's my favorite because communication and stakeholders are really, I always keep saying, is really the foundation of your project. Without people, you won't be able to move the project forward unless they come up with this new AI or something. But I digress. The whole thing is people are very important to your project. And being able to communicate effectively to the people that you're working with and vice versa, people be able to communicate to you effectively, effectively is very important. So let's unpack this. Having communication and stakeholder engagement, it defines a, basically having a communication plan to effectively and, ti and timely communicate to your stakeholders. See, I kind of combine these two in. Uh, normally I would separate this, but I combined them in because I wanted to make sure to put the emphasis on communication and stakeholders. Now, when it comes to stakeholders, the whole importance of having a stakeholder engagement plan, it helps identify the stakeholders and it helps you determine the communication channels. What does that mean, communication channels? I've worked with some people that really do not like getting emails. Uh, they would prefer you communicate with them in teams and then recap it in the email versus sending them an email because they get so many. And if you're looking to uh, get, get what you need done and getting taken care of, you have to be uh, accommodating of your stakeholders communication channels when i first started as a project manager i'm gonna be honest i wasn't i was like hey i'm sending you an email and i'm following up on the email so why do i need to you know send it why do i need to put the the same email i sent to you in in a teams chat or a skype chat or a slack chat or you know any of those channels you can think of or why do i have to call you to remind and i said ooh. That's what everybody else is doing. Everybody else is not willing to go the extra step. Everybody else is not willing to make pick up the phone and call. Everyone else is not willing to see when you're, you're seeing people trying to make a decision or trying to solve something via email and you step in as the exceptional project manager and say, hey, let us get a call together so we can talk this out. So family, a reason why I'm harping on the communication channel, you're here watching this and I know you want to be an exceptional project manager. I do too. This is why I'm here delivering content every day, working on my project management skills, as well as just growing with you. So this is for me. I'm growing right along with you, family, and I appreciate the opportunity to do that. But the point I'm trying to make is be willing to go outside of the normal communication channels. And what I mean is if you're sending an email, you're not getting that response, be willing to pivot. Don't just get stuck there just to get stuck there. I heard something recently, and I hope I don't get it wrong, but I'm going to take a chance. I'm feeling risky today. My risk management plan says, hey, let's see if you can do this. I read something where it talked about uh, a person that is drowning is making a... No, no, that's not... A person that makes the decision to give up is already starting down the pathway of learned helplessness learn helplessness i you know i'm really going to expound on that a little bit more probably on my you know personal development for project managers but for now i want you to understand family don't fall into that dogma of learn helplessness like it's never going to get better it's never going to change i don't know what to do I just don't want you to fall down that. Just constantly always finding ways to pivot, finding ways to improve. 
yes, I know the problem there. Yes, I know this is happening, but making the adjustment. Okay, I went a little bit too long on that one. Last and final point, point number seven is budget and cost estimation. Hey, listen, this is kind of self-explanatory, but ensuring that you're that you're watching the budget, that you're making proper cost um, estimates. And again, it's an estimate, so you're not going to get it right, but doing your best to get it right as, as far as you can. And then monitoring and tracking those expenses from, from project open to project close. So family, that was, that was my last and final point, which was point seven. But I did tell you earlier, if you were paying attention in the video, I did have a bonus. And the bonus is quality insurance. Why is this important? Well, what quality does for you, well, with, with the good quality standards, it establishes a quality control process as well as it outlines and measures to ensure project develop, develop, deliverables were met or exceeded based on the uh, quality criteria. So family, that was today's episode. I hope you really enjoyed it because I, I enjoyed delivering it. Um, until next time, this has been your boy ED, and I'm out.